0: Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Immanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Hallelujah. Philippians 125, are you there? Read together loud as you can. One, two, go. Read it again, want to go. and having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith. Can you say furtherance in the faith? Listen, help me preach this to the person by your side. Say God wants your faith to move. Listen, it's good that you come to church regularly, but there is something called furtherance in the faith. He wants your faith to move for you to be able to say, this is where I was when I joined this church and this is where I am now. There is a great difference. I've moved. Your faith can move. It can become operative in every aspect of your life. He wants you to use your faith, not just to come to church and enjoy the worship and enjoy the warmth and the fellowship, but for you primarily to be able to say, hey, I've moved in my faith walk and I'm seeing... The word of God walk in every aspect of my life. In my family, in my business, in my devotion, I have moved. furtherance in the faith, progress. Your faith can move. Your faith can grow. So when he tells us that this is the year of the greater light, it means it doesn't matter the level of success and results that you have seen. The Bible says the path of the just. Is as a shining light that shines brighter and brighter onto a perfect day. Meaning there must be movement in your life, progress in your life. You can grow in influence for the sake of the gospel, on account of the gospel, that your results in discipleship can be enhanced. Your results in ministry can be enhanced. Yeah, it's been great that it's been wonderful. Hitherto, it's been wonderful but it's time to advance. Say loud amen if you believe. You really can do better. And that's why with the theme of the month in general and this teaching theme in particular, I want you to receive it with your heart. Let me tell you something. It's a series. The entire month, the theme is Fifth Gear. In case you didn't get it last week, Fifth Gear. And that paints a picture of acceleration, because God says there's more. And today we want to teach on something very important. A continuation of something I began to teach at Reboot Camp. What to do with Kairos. If you receive this with your heart, it will change your life, I guarantee you. Please, what did I call the teaching theme? Can you say that louder? And just in case, you, well, you're new to this concept or you didn't hear the first teaching, I'm going to explain this to you. So, in ancient Greek language, there were two words used to describe time. The first, Chronos, and the second, Kairos. Chronos is spelled C H R O N O S. Kairos is spelled K A I R O S. What is Chronos? It simply means clock time. What did I call it? Sequential time. It is the word from which you have the word chronological. Chronological, you've heard that before? Or anachronism. It just refers to clock time. Clock time. The Bible, you know, um, many theologians, and I, I disagree with them a little bit, but, well, it serves the purpose Many theologians like to use Ecclesiastes chapter 3, you know, to explain Chronos. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3 from verse 1, it says, To everything there is a season, a time to every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up what has been planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to be built up. Clock time. That's what Chronos is. Kronos is measured in seconds, minutes, hours, days, months, and years. Clock time. But then there is Kairos. Kairos is opportune time. Opportune time. What is the difference? Kronos is quantitative. How long have we spent here? Kairos is qualitative. Kronos is what? Come on, I want you to be louder than that. Kronos is what? And Kairos is what? Hey guys, this is what your wives have been trying to teach you. They've been trying to get you out on a date because you've been so busy. Eventually you go out on the date and you're on your phone. And she's like, are you even here? And you're like, what do you mean? They cannot please you. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. Even if you had been there for one hour, you have been there quantitatively and not qualitatively. Ladies, am I preaching good? They're trying to get you to focus. (laughs) Because there is chronos and then there is kairos. And you see, in life generally, it's not how long but how well. It's not how long but how well. And even if Kronos should count for much, not all the time. Not all the time. For instance, it is the general expectation that someone who has spent a lot of years on the earth should be wise. But it's not always true. That's why um, Elihu, one of the friends of Job, said, I thought that age should bring wisdom. (laughs) I thought... I thought the old folks around him proved him wrong. I thought that age should bring wisdom. He said, but there is a spirit in man. This is the difference between Kronos and Kairos. Because normally, if you start walking, this is, this is the principle behind the 11th hour parable that Jesus gave. A person who walks 11 hours ought to earn more than a person who has walked one hour. But then... In Ecclesiastes chapter nine, verse eleven, the man of God made an observation. He says, "I've discovered that under the sun, the race is not to the swift. Under normal circumstances, it should be, but it's not. If all things were equal, it should be, but it's not." Turn your Bible to Ecclesiastes nine eleven. Let's read that as fast as possible. Come on, are you there? It says, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill, but time and chance. Can you say chance? That's Kairos. Happens to them all time and chance happens to them all and every one of us must understand these two concepts to truly be a success in this world in one moment of kairos lives can change someone chronologically might be failing. 35, nothing much has happened. 40, nothing much has happened. 45, nothing much has happened. And then, boom, one Kairos moment happens. I've told this story before. We had a great conference in Abuja and one young, not so young minister, and he's already in his 30s, came to me and he said, sir, can God ever use me like this? You know, because he saw the miracles, he saw the crowd, he saw the ambience, you know, and he's just like, can God ever use me like this? And I told him, I said, hey, at your age, Pastor Adeboye was still in the world. <laughs> he was still patronizing herbalists at your age. And even though we should count how long, sometimes Kairos. Because there is something called supernatural advantage. Are you listening to me at all? So, normally, in the real sequence of things, from primary there should be secondary, from secondary, university. Then, after you have labored for some years, you now get to a certain level. There are things you can begin to do, some things you can begin to afford. But in one Kairos moment, I'm talking to those who believe and expect. One Kairos moment. Some of you have seen it work. People maybe in your secondary school that you really didn't think will amount to much, not because you were rude, they just didn't show you any reason to believe in them. Have you seen someone 10 years after and you were surprised? Has it happened to you that? Is this you? Hallelujah. But however, you know, I've talked about Kairos a lot. I want to bring a much needed balance in this service. As wonderful as Kairos is, and I'm telling you there are myriads of teachings out there on Kairos. As wonderful as Kairos is, you have to also appreciate Kronos. Kronos is so important. If you abuse Kronos, Kairos will elude you. This is what a lot of Christians do not know. And this is what the world tries to tell many of us because we are just in church waiting for one windfall, praying for one miracle, and time is passing. Seasons are passing. When we should be planting, we are praying. As important as prayer is. never forget this i doubt you will hear it this way anywhere else you know what kairos is kairos is chronos well managed what did i say kairos is kairos is chronos well managed i'll give you a simple example proverbs chapter 22 verse 29 it says seest thou a man who is diligent in his business it takes Kronos to be diligent in your business, to be diligent in your career. He says such a man will stand before kings and not before ordinary men. Even if Kairos presents you an opportunity to stand before someone who can change your life, it is contingent on the investment you have put in yourself. When you open your mouth to speak, is the person going to descend value And say, okay, you know what? Help us. I've not seen this type of wisdom before. Help us head this department. Or help us start this initiative. Or help us. Let me put you in charge of these resources. Many times we are focused on the opportunity and we have ignored preparation. Meanwhile, Kairos is chronos well-managed. Proverbs 22 verse 9 is the text I just quoted. If you see a man who is diligent in his business, Kairos will not elude him. That's my reversed, revised standard version. If you see a man who is diligent in his business, so there is a way you will be diligent that abominates ordinariness in your life. There is a value you can develop in your life that just makes it impossible for you to stay ordinary or remain amongst the ordinary it just exempts you and when the opportunity comes boom now you see kairos always looks miraculous but kairos is always several years in the making you were walking behind the scenes people didn't understand are you the only one why are you so serious until the opportunity comes And then the gifts that are necessary to take advantage of that opportunity are rare. And you happen to have it. Come on, are you listening to me? It's important. Gifts will create an opportunity. But training and preparation will make it sustainable. You might not need much training to learn how to interpret dreams like Joseph. It's a gift. You may even be born with it. But guess what? Just because you interpret the dream does not mean they will put you in charge of the food. Are you getting what I'm saying? That one takes management. So you, you need something extra for your gift. And I wish I had enough time to talk about it. That's what God was trying to imbibe in him when he made him go through Potiphar's house, to be in charge of Potiphar's house. Because he knew one day he'll be in charge of the nation. Yeah, you have the gift of interpretation of dreams, but that's not enough for where I'm taking you to. You need to learn how to manage things. So he went to Potiphar's house and he was responsible. And then he went to prison and he was responsible. Everywhere he went, he had that report. The leaders there just saw him as someone who could be in charge. He was always in charge. He was building capacity. So when eventually he stood before the king, after he had interpreted the dream, he now gave an advice. He says, if you can find someone who is capable, who is wise to put over this business, put him in charge. And the king says, there's no one else. you be in charge of this. If you read the story of Joseph and the only thing that stands out to you was that he could interpret dreams, you have missed it. Because if all you have is your spiritual gift, when you are done interpreting the dream, they will say, thank you very much. They will give you just some some change. It takes more for them to put a signet ring in your finger. Are you listening to me? With Kairos, you step into supernatural opportunity. With Kronos, you build skills for management. With Kronos, the opportunities stand the test of time. That's why you see some people, they have windfalls. And they just rise and fall. You wasted your chronos, and so your kairos did not last. Come on, are you with me? I read a book years ago by a man named Malcolm Gladwell, Tipping Point. And he said something. He said, when you look at some of the wealthiest men the the world has ever seen, it wasn't just a function of their financial intelligence. It was a function of incredible opportunity. Come on, are you listening to this? This is so important. Whether he was conscious of it or not, he was teaching Ecclesiastes 9.11. That's what he was doing. Let me ask you this. Who is the best keyboardist God ever created? We don't know. For all you know, the person very possibly never got access to a keyboard. What I just said is very deep. How do you know You have the gift to be the best keyboardist in the world if you never got access to a keyboard. How? So you have to understand, it is not just skill. It is opportunity. It's very important. So now, this guy did a good job, gave lists of people, examples of people. Talked about small things like athletes, Now, he said something very important. You know, when we were growing up in primary education, in our class, we would say maybe we're all 12. Or we're all nine. But there are some people in that window who are nine months older. Is that true? So if the school resumes September, everybody born that year can enroll. But now there are some people who are maybe nine years and nine months. And then there are people who are just nine years exactly. And for children, that 9 months window is a lot. A child who is three years old and a child who is three years and nine months. Are you, are you aware there's a difference? So now, when sports scouts come and they want to pick sport athletes. If it's a sport like basketball, they will pick the biggest of them. Meanwhile, they're all the same. They just happen to be in the same class, and those, that simple difference in months is a lot in their eyes. And now they take those ones aside, and they give them more training than the rest, more opportunities than the rest, more access to knowledge than the rest, And then the gap continues to widen. Time and chance. He talked about how providentially Bill Gates happened to be born to be at the right age at the advent of the internet, when the internet was exploding. Not just that. He happened to be in one of the few schools in the world that had the most advanced computer and he had access to that computer i'm talking about when you say computer i'm talking about the one that was as big as a whole room what was it called is it macintosh or something like that so he had access to it every day so yeah you might be extraordinarily gifted but you don't in people who end up extraordinarily great you don't just see Great talent, you see great opportunity. Are you listening to this? This is what Solomon was saying. Under the sun, the race is not just to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to men of skill. Time and chance. But then, in another chapter, and that's why I love that book, he created another balance. Because it doesn't matter how much opportunity you have, there is something called the 10,000 hour rule. And this is the rule. If you invest 10,000 hours, this is leading somewhere. And This is not a business call, but this is very important. If you invest 10,000 hours in 10 years on any skill, you will be amongst the best in the world, no matter how dull you are. This is how Kronos can push you into Kairos. Did you hear what I said? So this is the equation for Kairos. It is Kronos plus opportunity. Well-managed Kronos plus what? As simple as what I'm saying is, it's important. And some of you see it every day. Has it ever happened that you saw a great opportunity to buy something, maybe a piece of land at a massive discount? Or a car at a massive discount? but you couldn't buy it because you didn't save. Tell me the truth. And this is how Kronos prepares you for opportunity. If you don't use your Kronos well, when the great opportunity comes, you, you will just bite your finger. Ah! What I'm telling you, many Christians do not know it much to their peril. Because when God tells Joseph that there will be seven years of plenty and seven years of famine, you know what many Christians will be doing? They'll be praying against the time of famine in the name of Jesus. Let rain fall. Let rain fall. You are foolish. You think you are spiritual, but it's foolishness. How do you apply the wisdom of God? In the seven years of plenty, save. Come on, are you listening to me? So, God gave him that wisdom and did not instruct him to pray in the time of famine. He was to save. Ah, you know, a senior pastor friend preached something. I was just scrolling and I saw it. He talked about learning from the wisdom of the trees. Very simple and very profound. He said, during raining season, trees blossom. There are leaves, their flowers, you know, you see different colors. But when dry season comes, what do they do? They shed their leaves. Do you know why they shed their leaves? To manage water. Are you listening to me? They shed their leaves so that their water requirements will be small. And with their tap roots, they continue to grow downwards, downwards, looking for the scent of water. Managing, just knowing that the season will change again. Are you getting what I'm saying? So there is a wisdom in the time of famine. There's a wisdom in the time. Listen, and let me tell you this, because this wisdom is rare, those who take advantage of their chronos well will now become kings in the time of hardship. And so necessarily, it's not even that there was a great opportunity, it was just the negligence of others. Because other countries did not save, Egypt now becomes kings. Are you getting what I'm saying? And that's why even if you are a child of God, there is just a wisdom. Wisdom of a proper routine. Wisdom of smart financial principles. Wisdom of investments in your gifts. Every day. Listen, not everybody understands Kairos is coming. So when they see you investing, they wonder, why are you so serious? Are you the only one? In school, I was so serious. Even me, I admit Before I had an iPad, I had a four-translation Bible and I carried it to every service. Just picture that. You know how big that thing is? You will know that Jesus died for me specially. My own was... <laughs> and I would stand in front, my tongue was always loud. <laughs> you know, You know now, there was always that person in the service. That was me. That was me. And it's because I knew then that I had to prepare for what I'm doing now. Are you getting what I'm saying? I was serious. My home screen on my computer was my face and other great men of God. I put it side by side. I wanted to be seeing it. I didn't have any game on my laptop till I graduated. And I'm not saying, listen, I just knew. And so even if, as I was going to school, I was training. (laughs) As I was going to school, I was praying, preparing, working on myself, working on everything, working on the dressing, working on the accents, working on everything, working on the presentation. And by the time I was graduating, I told a friend, I said, there is no stage in the world I can't preach on. None. And that's the beautiful thing about this world. If you stand before a door and you have the key, it will open. It won't look at your age. It won't look at the color of your skin. It won't look at your background. If you have the key, you have the key. I knew I was ready. Don't waste your chronos. Are you listening to me? Can you nudge the person by your side gently say, Don't waste your chronos, don't waste your chronos? Oh my God. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. And so I want to tell you something boring, something you've heard before. Please develop a routine for greatness. Like I said when I was preaching this weekend, it's very boring to stand up. Maybe go to the gym, depending on what your goals are. Spend hours praying, you know, spend hours studying. It's very boring. But don't forget, if you see a man, this is a predictive scripture. I mean, you can look around you. It says, if you see a man who is diligent in his business, ah, give him time. He will stand before kings and not ordinary men. He will stand before kings and not who. As I was preaching yesterday, during the break, a familiar face walked towards me. I looked well. He was my GS2 teacher. He attended the service. And he looked at me and said, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm not surprised. See us that we man, diligence. This year. Don't walk like everyone and expect extraordinary results. As you are speaking in tongues, walk. Walk on yourself. Accept criticism. That's how you get better. Don't be so so sensitive. You know, some of you, your friends cannot even tell you. Guess what? Don't even wait for them to tell you. Ask them, how is it? Tell me from your mind. What do you think? Do you know till today, I still ask my prodigies, How was that sermon? What could I have said better? You know, many times when I ask people, they are very surprised because I'm their trainer. But some people, they don't receive feedback. And so they wait in that mediocre position until the world goes beyond them. Nobody can tell you. You know, years ago, There was a guy who did an album, a rap album. I was very excited, was playing it for me. And the rap was one one. I come, I go, I don't. You know all those? This one, even nursery rhyme has it now. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. How I wonder what you are. There's rhyme there. So I I told, I said, do you listen to other rappers? Do you? And from his reaction, I I could tell, it's not ready. So I just left it. Be open to criticism. Are you getting what I'm saying? Let God walk on you, let people advise you. Don't waste your chronos, otherwise, Kairos will elude you. And now, listen, if you've not been listening until now, pay attention because what I'm about to say will change your life. Are you ready? when you understand kairos you will have a different perspective towards delay because mark my words what some people are calling delay is kairos in the making did you hear what i said the bible tells us in luke chapter one that there was a man named zachariah zachariah was the high priest Meaning, he doesn't get more spiritual than that. In the Old Testament, only four or five categories of people had the spirit, the spirit of God on them kings, priests, you know, judges, and then special duties. That's all. And prophets. And now, Zechariah is the high priest. He literally serves in the most holy place of the temple. But guess what? It seemed there was a contradiction in his life. His wife was barren. How can you know God so much and be surrounded by Shekinah, the glory of God, every single year? And there is a contradiction in your life. Your wife is barren. Let me tell you something and listen. This is a word for some of you here. Sometimes the delay is a pointer to Kairos in the making. I know chronologically you should have been married by now. Chronologically you should have had children by now. Listen to me. But then there is Kairos. If your child is going to be extraordinary, God might wait. (laughs) Because Kairos children have to be born in due season. Are you listening to me? So now, John the Baptist. What was John the Baptist's purpose in life? To point to the Messiah, right? For that reason, Elizabeth is going to be barren until Christ is born. Are you listening to this and that's why when the angel was telling mary about her child that you will receive uh, she'll be pregnant the angel also told her about elizabeth that elizabeth is because the children were their destinies were tied chronos is quantitative if you want to add to the population no problem But if your child has a specific purpose, don't be surprised if God delays. Let me tell you something. Read through your Bible. There was nobody who was ever barren for nothing. Every barren woman gave birth to a special child. Now that I'm saying it, as it occurred to you, read through your Bible. Don't make that mistake. What you are calling delay might be kairos. And so my advice to you is this. Don't waste the pain. And don't give up at the end. Zechariah almost jeopardized everything. After waiting and praying all this while, the angel said you will have a child. He said, how can these things be? Don't let your mouth put you in trouble. Don't spoil what God is about to do. Don't give up. Keep at it. How else would you know? Listen, it's only at the end you will know. That all that struggle, I've given this example one million times, you know, of Joseph in Potiphar's house, in prison, that was all part of it. Because before they allow you interpret dream in the palace, you must have track record. Track record behind the scenes. They must be able to vouch for you in the palace and say, I know someone, I know someone. If you call him here, this thing will work. Are you getting what I'm saying? So in those small places where you are grumbling, maybe God is creating a path for you. Creating a path for you. What you are calling delay might be kairos. (laughs) So don't waste that pain. People might be teasing you and saying, after all this, you're praying. After all this, you're fasting. Where has that led you? Don't listen to them. Keep at it. Keep at it. Keep at it. Keep at it. They may be calling you names. Don't listen to them. Listen to God. Continue to walk faithfully. Walk on your gifts. Nobody believes in you. Don't worry. Keep at it. Hallelujah. It says patience. When it has done its full work, you will be perfect and entire lacking nothing that patience is your advantage <laughs> that patience is building experience that patience is part of your track record that patience is part of your testimony so that the, when when you begin to talk you are talking from a place from a depth from an experience no one else can talk hallelujah Maybe the reason why what you are waiting for has not happened is because when it happens, it's going to be special. When John the Baptist was born, just by the events in his birth, people knew what kind of child would this be. Everybody was already asking, what kind of child? A child that from from his mother's womb is already responding to the word of God. Sees Christ, I mean, descends the presence of Christ and does a somersault. What kind of child would this be? The angel said he'll be filled with the Spirit from his mother's womb. What kind of child will this be? If only you knew that your delay is part of your Kairos. It is Kairos in the making. Prophesy over yourself. Say in the name of Jesus, I recognize that my delay we turn out for a testimony people see a delay but i see a season in the making i see my kairos in the making so shall it be hallelujah so be like abraham who staggered not at the promise of god through unbelief but was strong in faith giving glory to god It might be powerful to you. It might be powerful to you. When people say the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, those names are the testimony of delay. All their mothers were barren, all. Sarah had to wait to have a child. Rebecca had to wait to have a child. Rachel had to wait to have a child. The delay was part of the testimony, part of the prophetic formation. Hallelujah. And now as I round off, I want to share with you, finally. So, after I've waited, invested in my chronos, worked on my gifts, and I sense that the opportunity is coming, out of nowhere, Even though I've been serving secretly, the Lord sends a prophet to my house to anoint me king. And I know it's my season. What then do I do? Don't forget what I taught you. This is important. Just because it's your season doesn't mean it's automatic. Because even when David was anointed king, the prophet did not carry him to the palace. Remember that? You Remember I've taught you that, right? The prophet did not carry him to the palace and say, Saul, remove yourself. It's a new king. Mm -mm. What was the prophet's responsibility? To anoint David in secret and go home. He anointed David and went home. So now you have to understand. Because Kairos will not jump at you and say, Hey, it's me. It's Kairos. When Goliath is bragging, God might not speak to you and say, this is your chance, this is your chance. You have to have the the ability to recognize it already. Are you getting what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying at all? David's ticket to the throne was a problem. Named Goliath. And God did not tell him that. Passion told him that. The anointing told him that. You know what the Bible says? It says, it is God who walks in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. God leads us through supernatural passion. Are you getting what I'm saying? He leads us through supernatural passion. And so when it comes to taking advantage of your season, the first thing is this. You have to hold on to the power of testimony. What did I say? Because all your labors have been in secret. People don't see it. People don't know it. And if Saul doesn't know that you have killed a lion and a bear, he will never allow you to face Goliath. So this is where the investment in Kronos matters. Because even if Goliath is your ticket to the throne, if you don't have a track record, a faithful investment in your Kronos, you're going to miss that opportunity. Nobody will allow a teenager face goliath will base the fate of the entire nation on a teenager without track record is not possible that's where all your pain all that you call setback will now come in as your experience are you getting what i'm saying you tell them oh i've seen this problem before in this situation this is what i did in this condition this is what i did this is how i stepped out of this challenge It becomes your advantage. The power of testimony. Come on, are you here? When you were going through it, you didn't know that God was building your resume. When you were going through it, you didn't know that God was adding to your CV. But you were faithful. You went through it. And now, it's your opportunity. You know, someone else might have said, Oh, my brothers are in the army and they subject me to all of this. In fact, if you study that family, the family of David, you could tell that the siblings were somewhat abusive. They they looked at David narrowly. Just his inquiry about what to be given to the person who kills Goliath, Eliab was angry. He said, who did you leave that few sheep with? Meaning he never saw him anything more than a shepherd. Have you seen people like that? Oh, trust me, I've been there. You know, something very small, but very notable for me happened when I was in school. So in school, because of my studies, I told you I'd been holding a 4 translation Bible. I just wanted to study different Bibles and many things. So for no other reason, apart from Bibles, I wanted an iPad. So I trusted for it, and I got it. Long story. And I was minding my business, taking my notes in church, as the pastor was preaching, and the camera just panned on me. I don't know why. Anyway, I know why. I was that kind of person that the cameraman would like to focus on. I was always fervent. So if they don't show you in camera, you get why. Why? That's a, good op- that's a good way to look for husband, material, wife, material. Just look at the messages. Why did you never show? I mean, you were never fervent. But anyway, the camera just panned on me and they, they showed it on the projector. I didn't even know it was someone who was telling me. And someone screamed, eh? Emmanuel 2 hours I Now it's funny to you. Well trust me, then, it made sense that how come? <laughs> there are some people who just look at you narrowly. Some of you have had experiences like this. You know what I'm saying. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Can anything good? Well, something great. Something great. Something great ah, in your family, no one has ever done this, you will be the first. And it will open the way for everyone else. Say amen like you believe. Say amen like you believe. The power of testimony, all the hardship, all the, the Bible says, if you faint not, there's a reward for those who do not faint. There's a reward. And then, you tell, so, I have killed a lion and a bear. What? If you have killed a lion, who is Goliath? Forget all the bragging of Goliath. Release a lion for him and see. Have you seen men with muscle who can't handle a small dog? They are there. Your MCM, Man Crush Monday, might be among <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So when God leads you, makes you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he's building your resume. Because if you have lost fear for a lion and a bear, you won't be afraid of Goliath. And people won't understand. People won't understand. Saul was big. Saul was taller than all the Israelites. That was one of the requirements. You know, some of you—that's how you choose husbands. Broad chest, no sense. I'm sorry to say. I'm sorry to say. For example, for example, you know, you know. Oh, I'm joking. No, I'm not. But you understand. I'm just saying there has to be more. Okay. And some of you—that's how you choose wives too. You know, <laughs> someone was trying to ask you know a beautiful lady out. I said, "Sorry, can I just take you out on a date, buy you shamama?" She said, "Sorry, I don't drink alcohol." <laughs> anyway, anyways. <laughs> Are you with me? Saul was tall, but listen. (laughs) The victories that God has in store, the arms of flesh will fail. It says, even the young men will faint. He says, but they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall walk and not be weary. They shall run and not faint. No matter how tall you are, There are giants in Philistine. Are you listening to me? Giants. And so you need someone who has the power of testimony, who has proven the secret place and says, you come before me with the spear and with the sword, you know, but I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts, whose armies you have defied. Like I often like to say, people saw a giant. David saw a man without covenant. That's what he saw. He saw an uncircumcised Philistine. That's a man with conviction. Can you say the power of testimony? testimony. And then number two, you have to learn to use what you've learned. Use what you've learned. Use what you've learned boldly. So when as David, you have been using the sling, all this wire, and they put an armor on you, don't try to impress. Listen, let me tell you something. You can't do great for God in this generation until you read yourself off the pressure to impress people. You must read yourself off that pressure. There is no shame, no embarrassment. Don't try to form for Eliab because your brothers are in the army and you want to prove a point. Do you know how many silly things people have done because of sibling rivalry? Because of this insatiable desire to prove a point to their parents who never believed in them. Now you are wearing this armor. You're going to die. That's God forbid that's not you, you know. Take that armor off. Use what you have proven. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because this is where, that, that's what the experience was for. God led you through all those experiences to build character for a time like this. Don't waste your moments. Stop trying to prove a point to anybody. Stop trying to impress your friends. Use what you know. Use what you know. And use it boldly. And number three is very important. Avoid distractions. Please, what did I say? Come on, what did I say? Let me tell you from experience, especially in Africa... When you catch a vision, the people who look down on you will continue to look down on you until they cannot. And so if you stop prematurely under pressure, it's on you. It's on you. You know what Paul told Timothy? He said, let no man despise your youth, but be an example of the believer. Let me tell you something. That was one of the earliest texts I began to meditate on. Because nobody is going to say, oh, they're not going to hold the town hall meeting and say, ah, let's begin to respect her. Eh-eh. You will show them beyond reasonable doubts. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? Avoid distractions. Avoid all the side talk. Don't allow it get into you. Don't become petty. Don't lose focus. When Nehemiah is building the wall, Sambalat and Tobias will come. Remember what he said. He said, how can I leave this and come down and talk to you? And I'm not going to do that. Focus on what God has given you. Some of you, let me tell you something. As simple as what I'm saying is, if you don't learn it, it you will derail from the, from the lane God has given you to run, the race God has given you to run. Because to prove a point to your friends, you will start doing what they are doing because you don't want to be left out. There are some of you who have started businesses you have no business starting. Some of you are doing things you have no business doing just to prove a point to friends. Don't be like that. Follow God's plan for your life. Come on, are you listening to me? Avoid distractions. Say, this year in the name of Jesus. I avoid distractions. Say, I put them aside. And I focus on God's assignment. Hallelujah. And then the final thing I want to talk about, I have an entire sermon on this, so I'm not going to spend time. Be bold. Did you hear what I said? Be bold. Some people... In the name of religious humility, listen, I spent the whole weekend teaching on humility, so you know how important it is. But there are some of you who just jeopardize opportunities through false humility. Ah, something you have been praying for, they say, come and do it. Ah, me? Ah. They are Now they have left you behind. Better stand up and do it boldly. When they tap you in prison and say the king is calling you, wear your cloth, shave your beards, and go confidently. Are you with me? And talk like someone who has been with God. Talk like someone who has a testimony. Talk like someone who has gone through process. Be bold. Practice lack of intimidation. Practice it. Stand before the mirror. Rehearse it. Let your handshake be firm. Stop dodging eye contacts. Square your shoulder. Talk like someone who hears from God. This one is important too. Some of you, they gave you kairos like this. The door opened. You didn't enter. Because you were shy. Because you were intimidated. You know, I have a, a, a protege. I noticed how shy he is. I, and, and the business he does requires boldness. I said, your shyness is costing you, cost, costing you money. It's costing you money. You can't walk boldly to people and say, this is what I do. Ah, you'll be poor. And that's no prophecy of doom. Learn to talk about your gifts. Learn to talk about what you can do. Who God has made you. Even, listen, even in ministry, the anointing will flow when you say who you are. So after you have prayed and you have fasted, go to the synagogue. Open the scripture and say, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, the recovery of sight to the blind, and say, this day, Is this scripture fulfilled before your eyes? The Bible says, "When Jesus was done, all eyes were on him." Listen, there must be a boldness about you, a confidence about you. Listen, when they examined the the disciples, the Bible says "Ah, they wonder they are not men of education. Then they bore record they had been with Christ. There must be a boldness. When the big stage comes, hold the mic well. Don't waste your opportunity. Sometimes those opportunities are once in a lifetime, once in a lifetime. So start rehearsing. If a king calls you now, what do you have to offer? What will you say? Don't say that and start fidgeting. I had been rehearsing since 2010. If you call me impromptu, almost any topic in the Bible, I just need two minutes. And the two minutes is just to stir myself up, just maybe speaking tongues, you know. Hallelujah. <laughs> just give me a mic. Just give me five minutes, or seven, or ten. That's the kind of confidence and boldness God wants to build in you. Let me tell you something, there's something crazy you read about David. It's one thing, you know, when you hear all the things he was saying, you can say, ah, he was just saying it, it's all screws. After all, all warriors do it, all warriors brag. Is it not? But here is the strange thing. When the battle started, And Goliath started approaching him. The Bible says, David ran towards him. Hey! Did you hear what I said? I said, David ran. You are running towards a giant. This year, run. This is where your practice will count. The things people are running away from, run towards it. I'm telling you in the name of Jesus, run towards Goliath. Run to That's your advantage. Everybody is running away. You are running. The same person that people could not even stand to confront. You are, he ran. And of course, you know... I'm a preacher said this and very profound. There has to be a supernatural advantage to this. Because when you are using a sling, you ought to stand. And get your accuracy well. How do you, as you are running... Bring out your stone. That's grace and practice. Ah, my God. Are you with me? As you are running, you bring out your stone and you bring out the sling, you put it in it and you start oscillating and you release. And it still goes with incredible accuracy. That's what God is going to do with you this year. Say amen like you believe. Let me tell you this. The Bible says to be doers of the word. Don't hear this and say, ah, nice preaching. Mm-mm. I want it to work in your life. Go and apply it. And say, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Now, go and read all that I said again. And say, I'm going to invest in my chronos waiting for Kairos. And when the doors, those doors we prayed about before the service, when they open, I will run. <laughs> I will run. When you meet kings, they should know that you have rehearsed them. Yeah, from your even your packaging. How do you do, sir, your excellency? You have practiced it. <laughs> Are you listening to me at all? You pre- rehearsed them. Start learning. You know the values you can offer. The things you can change. And for God's sake, if you are just starting, you have more to prove. Know it better than anyone else. So that, like Joseph, when you say, um, if the king can find someone to put in charge of this, he say, ah, find someone, okay. The same thing was said about Daniel. He says, On you dwells the spirit of the, ex- the an excellent spirit dwells on you, on you dwells the spirit of the Holy God. No one can be found like you. No one. No one. Are you ready to train for it? I know you've been praying for it. What about training? Are you ready to do that? Stand to your feet if you're ready. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. The Lord is leading me to say this, and it's very important. Let me ask you this. When did God determine that Mary would be the mother of Jesus? When it was time or before she was born? Answer me loud. Before she was born. And she didn't know until it was time. You see, I've given you the formula, the equation for Kairos. Kronos plus preparation, right? But there is another formula, Kronos plus prophecy. And you must be aligned. See, let me tell you something. Working with Jesus will give you more advantages than you know of. Sometimes it will not make sense. By God's prophetic design, the mother of the Messiah will be born of a virgin. Isaiah prophesied it, right? Now, just imagine, and listen, this is not to disparage people who have made mistakes, who are new men in Christ, but I'm just here to tell you the importance of working with God and with his agenda, no matter how popular things are. So imagine if Mary fell for some pressure and she compromised and she wasn't celibate. Do you know he's in heaven, she will know what she missed. Are you aware? So now there is a moral side to seeing that prophecy is fulfilled in your life. That they wanted to blame Daniel. They checked his record. They found no occasion for blame. None. 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 Not in the way he managed his finances. Not in... Nothing. They couldn't say anything. If you check my notes, what I'm saying is not there. The Lord just led me to add this. I want you to walk with God in totality. See, some of your friends would think you are too extra, but give it time. Give it time. Come on, I said, give it time in 10 years' time, in retrospect. Just like my GS2 teacher was telling everyone who was around me, I mean, that's always been so. That will be your testimony. Say loud amen if you believe. Do you believe that your life can change positively this year? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.